Amen. Let's give the worship team, tech, all the musicians. Wonderful. God bless you guys. I want to talk to you about the church uh, this morning. I uh, wonder uh, when we think about why do we need a church? Why do we gather together? And what's the value of the church? Well, it might be answered by the behavior and practice of culture. In one of the surveys that I read, it said 11% of those interviewed here in the United States went to church at least once a month, 11%. 57% said, um, well, we go every once in a while. You know, every once in a while. Maybe not once a month, maybe a couple times, a quarter, whatever the case. But in both of those cases, here's what they said. Neither of those groups make any real commitment to the church. In other words, it's come and enjoy and sit and enjoy the praise and the worship and enjoy the preaching, say amen. That was mighty weak right there. You just added 15 minutes to this sermon unless I get a better amen than that. Keep that up, we'll shorten to 10 minutes. I know who you are. But then 32%, you know what they said? 32% said, we go when we have to. And basically, that's his church. And every time we meet together, any church, let me tell you what it is. It's God's invitation through that local church to say to people that he is blessed, to say to people that he's given life to, to say to the believers, to say to the unbelievers, when your church doors is open, here's what it means. God says, I'm there and I open my arms for you to worship me. And if you take a look at 11% or 57%, you take a look at that and say, well, not many people have set aside the priority of worshiping and being a part of a local church. Now, here's what I know. The devil's desire is to get rid of the church. His desire is to create apathy, to do everything that he can to create other things that will take you away from the focus of what it means to be engaged in church, not just worshiping, but to actually be engaged. And we know that, that, that that's what happened to many of the churches. For example, that's why Revelation 2 and 3, he talks about seven churches there, and in almost every case he said, I, I have somewhat against you. There's some things that I'm not happy about. One, he says, you've grown lukewarm. You've, you've become cold and indifferent. Or here's another, you, <laughs> you've left your first love. And he said, I know that. And every time he says, if you'll repent, if you'll repent and come back to what you know you ought to do and not take me for granted, he said, I'll reset you in the lane of favor. And in the lane of blessing. Well, one church, Willow Creek, did a survey in their community there 
in Illinois, and, and they uh, just went out and uh, did the survey, and, and the top five was, well, why don't you go to church? Well, it's boring, not here. Another said, well, it's irrelevant, just doesn't make a lot of sense, doesn't really understand culture. Another, another uh, top five was, well, all they ever do is ask for money all the time. I told you I was in Walmart yesterday. They asked me for money. <laughs> I go through McDonald's this morning. She said, that'll be three fifty-three. I said, I know it's that every Sunday morning. You're going to need that money. If you give them three fifty-two, no, it's three fifty-three. Well, not only that, but I'm too busy. You ever heard that one? I'm too busy. I just work like a dog Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday, and Sunday is my day. Let me give you a little yard talk. No, it ain't. Sunday is the Lord's day. His day. Come on in and worship me. Give me praise. Honor me. Reset your priorities. He said, that's my day. And then here's another. Well, I feel awkward in church. I feel awkward in church. <laughs> I've been to a lot of places that I felt awkward. Hello? When I rescued a man out of the bar at John's Bar down in, uh, in Bartow one time, I felt awkward walking in there. I'm, I don't accustom bars. Somebody say amen. I don't go in and say set them up. I don't know what goes in a Bloody Mary. Somebody say thank God. If I want to know, I have to ask some of the bartenders here in the church. I'm just glad they're here. I said, I know it's tomato juice. I know it's vodka. I know it's usually got a lime in it. Well, what else you want, Pastor? I have to, I don't, I'm, I'm an, I felt awkward when I walked in and rescued him and then paid his bill. I thought, I, I didn't know that drinking costs so much money. It's not attractive that they take a glass and ice it down that it's got frost on it and then put some kind of a drink in and charge you $19 for it. I said, that's robbery. You'd be drunk by the time you get through with that. I felt awkward. But you know where I don't feel awkward? When I get around you. Amen. And when we have that big old outdoor thing and eat up on that barbecue today, I'm not going to feel awkward at all. Amen. And somebody said, well, what if it rains? Who in the world cares? You, you've never been wet. I have. I enjoy getting wet twice a day. Come on, y'all. Help me out. So we understand that, that we do. See, see, try this on for a second. We do what we prioritize to do. We do what we want to do. And if you don't want to do it, guess what? You'll find a dozen things to get in your way to keep you from doing it. Now, here's our text. It's found in the Old Testament in Micah. Take a look there. And Micah's a minor prophet. And uh, he's writing about the establishment and reestablishment of the church, so to speak. We call it the church in the New Testament, kingdom of God in the Old Testament. But here's what he says. Hey, you guys, you Israelites, you, you guys have wandered away. You become cold and indifferent. 
you found other things that you want to do, or you tried to be politically correct, and you thought, why just one God? Why not worship two or three and cover all the bases? And he said, as a result of that, you have suffered. And that church in the Old Testament, every time you turn around, they're praising God and they're tight with God. And the next thing you know, they're rebelling against God. In one case, they're just taking down cities and gaining ground. In the next case, God is having militant forces to come against them and beat their head in the ground. Why? Because they would forget God. They wouldn't stay on the straight and narrow. They wouldn't do what God wanted to do. He said, you want to run the show? Go ahead. I'll show you what will happen to you. And he did. Micah comes along and he said, but there's coming a time when God's church and God's people are going to be reestablished. And he said, I'm going to give you the kind of church it is. Number one, it's going to be, and this is what he describes, and I'll read in a moment, the triumphant church. Say that with me, the triumphant church, the triumphant. Micah 4, verse 1, in the last days, say that with me, in the last days, he said, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. It will be raised above the hills and people will stream into it. In other words, so you don't forget, there may be a noise today that says the church is irrelevant. There may be those today that said, well, I go maybe once a month. There may be those today that said the church doesn't have a place in culture. But here's what he said. What you don't know, the church is triumphant and the day will come. People will stream into the church because it is the temple of Almighty God. And you know what we get to do? We get to establish the church here on earth right now. Here's what he said. Since the birth of Jesus Christ, since his death, and as a result of that death, the people of God out of the Old Testament had no hope. And they were whining like a bunch of babies. Let me tell you, Micah 4 verse 9. Why do you now cry aloud? Have you no king? What happened to y'all? Has your counselor perished? The pain seizes you like that of a woman in labor. And then if he wanted to be mean, he could have said, and you deserve every bit of it. Because I got in your way over and over and over again. And you wouldn't pay any attention. And I made you walk through this and you wouldn't pay any attention. And you know what he says to us? Muscle up, church. Don't be so finicky. Don't be so blind. Don't be such a baby. Don't cry every time you turn around. You are a triumphant church. Act like a winner. Act like a victor. Act like a person that you've got an agenda and you know the end of the story. Stand up and be counted because my church is a triumphant church and that church is going to win before it's over. Come on and help me preach. Describes the pain and the difficulty. But ah, here's what that Old Testament said. Y'all just hang around. He said, 
Here's the man whose name is the branch, and he will branch out from this place and build the temple of the Lord. You know the temple of the Lord? You are. Do you know what the church is today? The temple of the Lord. Matthew 1, 21 says, and here it's going to happen. He's going to start as a baby. She'll give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name of Jesus. Say Jesus. Amen. Jesus. Say it again. Jesus. That name, every demon in hell, when you say it, shakes and trembles. When you say Jesus, every power of darkness is broken. Use his name because he will save his people from their sin. If you've been saved, act like it. If you've been saved, testify about it. If you've been saved, let it be seen in the way that you behave. I was in a shop the other day, and I was there, and there were several, several people there, several young women and young men working in the shop, and it was it was busy, busy, busy. And one of them said, I said, what are you doing tonight? And they said, oh, I said, we got, we got a party going on tonight. We, we get through with work. We're going to go celebrate. Where, where are you going to celebrate at? Well, we're going down to whatever the name is, Bar and Grill. They got dancing down there. I said, don't mess with me about dancing. I know how to dance. I have moves that man has never seen. I said, going to be drinking? Yeah, well, yeah. I said, uh, where do you go to church? I was afraid, Reverend, you were going to ask that question. Well, I said, here's what I want you to do. You're going to have a good time tonight, right? And I said, I know how to have a good time. I don't have to do all that. I, I said, but here's what I'd ask you to do. During all your having fun tonight, where would you say you went to church? I said, I'm asking you to behave in compliance with your Christian testimony. But would you do that? In witness of your Christian testimony around your peers, and you get out there and do a little dying dancing and all that, just remember your Christian testimony. How many think that was good advice? I went out of there. I went out of there into a bigger room. There were more people. And this gal in the back said, Hey, Pastor Blackburn, you know me? Yeah, how are you doing? I said, well, I'm good. How are you doing? Now, I took a risk. I'm pretty safe doing this. Haven't seen you at church lately. I don't know whether she's been here or not. But I felt safe enough to be able to say it, believing that she might be a part of the 57%. Well, I've been there lately. I know that I should. I really need to. I really need it. I said, well, that's good. Sunday's coming. I said, by the way, we got a party tonight. Have you heard? Oh, yeah. I said, y'all going down to... Whatever they're out here on the north side somewhere, the, the, you going down to the bar? Well, uh, it's like a beef O'Brady's. I said, beef O'Brady's don't have a dance floor. Are they going to have a dance floor? Are you going to have strobe lights? Yep. 
You're going to dance? Wait a minute. Are you, are you going to have a Jack Daniels? Well, Pastor, you know, it's, we're celebrating a birthday. I said, well, here's what I want you to do. And I'm speaking to some of you here. I don't mind having a good time. Amen. I love having a good time. I make my own fun. I dance. My, grand, my grandkids come in. We've got some wood floors. I want you to know I don't mind putting a dance together. I do it up here. I do. So I don't, I don't, I don't mind you enjoying that. You know? But what God minds is when on this side of the ledger you say, Oh, thank you, Jesus, and you get in trouble. Boy, God just answered prayer. Oh, my Lord, have mercy. Look what God has done for me. And over here, when you have a chance to step out of line in your behavior, God ain't got nothing to do with that. And the people that are unbelievers scratch their head and say, What kind of Christian are they? So I said to her, she got up, came over to me, got close. I said, I ask you one thing. You you have a good time tonight, right? You going to take communion? (laughs) Well, what do you mean? So I'm just wondering... Here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you, you, you go to Victory Church, right? Yes, sir. But you hadn't been in a while, right? Yes, sir, and I need to get back. Sunday's a good place to start. I said, whatever you do tonight, be sure you do it in the bounds of your Christian testimony. You know what she's thinking and a bunch of others? How in the world can I have fun and be within the bounds of my Christian testimony? You know, a lot of people think that way. Hello? How many know what I'm talking about? You can have fun. You can have as much fun drinking a Coke as you can a martini. Somebody, you against martinis? I've never had one. Don't need it. But pastor, if you just try little Jack Daniels, Jack's too costly. He might hook me and run my marriage, my family, and my ministry. I don't want anything to do with Jack. Ooh, this is not even in the notes. That's why I'm up here. Because, you know, I begin to feel. Amen? I'm telling you, you know what? If we're going to be a triumphant church, We've got to act like victors in Jesus Christ, and that's not part-time. Amen? Try, triumphant. I am tri- in you is the greatest power ever known to man, a triumphant church. And so here's, here's what happened. When Jesus went to the cross, went to the grave, third day came out, of the tomb and declared victory over death, hell, and the grave. In Revelation 1.18, he said, I hold the keys to death and Hades. He said, you are now triumphant. And he gave us a commission. He gave us authority. And he gave us power. And he said, don't lose your anointing by dabbling with the powers of darkness. Number two, you want to be a militant church. 
When I was a kid, I got in a few fights. I didn't start them unless I had to. But then those that I were not, I was not in, I love to watch a good fight. <laughs> I mean, you see a crowd on the playground, they're going, you say, man, that's fight over there somewhere. Let's go see what's going on. You say, I, how dare you? What would interest you? Same thing that interests people when a car has a flat tire on the side of the interstate and people rubberneck tell it, watching them how to fix their flat tire. And I go by it and I thought, that's all it is, is a flat tire. We've been running 18 miles an hour on the interstate so you can watch that. But in the midst of that, we gather, we gather as a crowd, as a militant church. He said, all right, you're triumphant. Here's what you know. You win every battle in him. You say, well, I didn't win the one I had last week. I didn't win. Oh, yes, you did. You see, the point is, the winner is not called yet. You might be in the fight of your life and thinking, I lost that, lost that. No, it won't work. God said, you're triumphant. Hang around, the victory will come. Come on, y'all. Hang around, stick it out. Be the militant church. Be the church and take your fist and beat your chest. And you don't have to open your shirt up to beat your chest. I have a couple chests. But you're the militant church. What does that mean? You don't let the devil lie to you, push you around, tempt you, and push you into the ditch without you saying, you stinking liar, and you get up and you say, you chose the wrong person to attack. You chose the wrong family to attack. You chose the wrong church to try to come against. You chose the wrong lie. I will not sit still and watch this happen. Somebody say amen. The militant, the militant church. And that way you have to do it. I'm reminded of the guy who would build sandcastles. He built sandcastles on the beach. How many have been to the beach already this summer? May I see your hand? Come on, get them up real high if you can. It's good. I don't go to the beach anymore. I have six surgeries on my face in the month of August. Every Monday, they'll cut and cut out some cancers, et cetera. So I'm going to look weird for, more weird for the month of August because of the surgeries. But, but this, this guy would build the sandcastles on the beach, playing in the sand. And uh, as a result, at night, the, the locals would come along and take a foot and kick the sandcastles over. Now, how many of you would be tempted to do that if you didn't build a castle and it's out there and the moon's shining on the water, you might take your foot and kick it over. I mean, how many would be tempted to do that? How many would join me and be tempted to do that? But if it was one of my grandkids that built it, don't you dare touch it. So every day, He'd work all day, build this beautiful sandcastle little city. And every night, they'd kick it over. Last day, he prayed, God, show me what to do. And so he gathered rocks and stones and brick, put it on the surface of the sand, and then built his sandcastles 
over that. Most beautiful, took his time, stayed all day building, and then he hid, and he watched. Here come the locals. They're walking, yeah, you know. Yeah, man. <laughs> he knew who did it. They all limped off the beach, <laughs> cut their feet, cut their toes, and he thought, wow, it's unbelievable. They, because you know why? Here's what, here's what the word says. Hey, your kingdom, my church is not built on sinking sand. Uh, my, my church, my triumphant church, my militant church, upon this rock, I will build my church and the influence of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen? I'm telling you, church, we, we just don't need to be a prissy little church. We don't need to be a one, I want it more comfortable. We don't need to be the kind of church that says, well, I wish it was like it used to be. Let me tell you, you'd be embarrassed if God at about 11 years of age, God said, I don't want you to grow anymore. You stay just like you are. Your body's not going to get any bigger. And all your friends get up 21 years of age. They're going to walk by you and say, what happened to you, dude? Well, I got locked in at 11 years of age. This is my body. You wanted to be, because nothing ever remains the same that matters to you. Let's get ready for a mighty revival that cleanses us from all the impurities and let's say, God, whatever it is you want to be involved in, that's what I want to be involved in and be that militant church that we are unafraid. Finally, he's going to be a reigning church, not R-A-I-N. <laughs> you're going to rule and reign and you're triumphant. You are militant. And you and I are going to reign. And you say, well, I, that's afterlife. No, you can rule and reign now, right now. Amen. Amen. I, I, I'm, I'm ruling and reign right now. Right where I live, right where I work. I get to reign. I asked Sharon, can I reign today? Absolutely. <laughs> you reign. You reign. You reign. Now, here's what he said in Michael 4 verse 1. In the last days. The mountain of the Lord's temple will be established as chief among the mountains. And it will be raised above the hills and the people will stream to it. Many nations will come and say, come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us his ways so that we may walk in his paths. And the law will go out from Zion, the word of the Lord, from Jerusalem, triumphant militant now you will reign what does that mean to reign we celebrate god that's when we come to church we demonstrate god's love that's through ministry we help people we we communicate god's word that's through evangelism the dream center reaching lost people to assimilate god's family that's called fellowship we call that we call that small groups and then we we disciple people we call that grow track in other words we're ruling and reigning but to reign properly you got to learn how it's done we rule and reign as god's people so here's what happens 
when that happens, by the grace of Almighty God, God said, I want you to reign. You see, that challenge that you have that you think that's getting you down, I want you to take control over it. And I want you to rule and reign as a king's kid. You may have to be militant. I'm telling you, you, you are triumphant. Now I want you to reign over it so that God gets the glory and the devil doesn't steal it from you. For what unites us together, it's our salvation. What unites us, it's our statement. Why do we exist? To exalt God. It's our strategy. We fulfill our purpose of reaching loss. It's our structure and we fulfill that purpose. So we said that and I looked and there before me was a great multitude and no one could count from every nation tribe people and language here's what will happen Uh, let me tell you what will happen I don't care what government what authority what wealthy person says God's word says one day those from China is going to march into the church those from Russia those from Cuba those from Puerto Rico those from Germany those from Africa, those from Egypt, those from Honduras, those from Sweden, those from Belgium, those from Venezuela, those from Israel, those from the United States are going to march into the church of Almighty God and rule and reign forever. And we're going to bow down and take our crown and lay it at his feet and honor and praise him. So don't you ever get tired of the church who is the only thing holding back. Let me say it again. The only thing holding back a total onslaught of the devil and his imps. It is the prayers that you pray that you say, I don't see any change in darkness. It looks like those in control have the upper hand. No, they don't. God has the upper hand. Anything he allows, he only allows it in order to circle back for it to bring him honor and glory. Don't you get upset when the downtime comes. You rule and you reign. Because here's what I know. At the end of the day, great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Let me tell you something. Weary pilgrim, those of you online, you are triumphant. And don't you let the devil lie to you and tell you you're not. And don't you make him believe that you don't have what it takes to sling that slingshot one good time and take that giant down. You are the militant church. And don't you forget, God's got a royal robe and a royal crown that he's going to place on your shoulders if you don't become weary in well-doing. That's the privilege you and I have of coming together in the church to exalt him. Would you put your hands together and let's thank him. Would you stand? Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. We know the devil is a liar. We know that we rebuke him in the name of Jesus. We know there's no truth in him. We know that he'll come at us through good things. He'll come at us through through things that we would ordinarily think, no harm. He'll come at us through giving us more than 
than we're able to handle. He'll come at us through more comfort than we deserve. He'll come at us by letting us have our way more than we should. It's not always bad. But Lord, here's what we know. We'll be able to decipher that which is the perfect will of God when we stay close to you and close to fellowship and stay in the church. God, we're going to build a stronger church than we've ever thought about. We're going to show people how fellowship looks this afternoon. We don't give two liver lips about the rain, so it might rain. It won't rain forever. It'll be over. God, we're going to enjoy ourselves and we're going to reach, we're going to reach lost people today. And we're going to go back to our places of ministry tomorrow or whenever we go back and we are going to let Jesus Christ be the priority of our conversation. And God, we're not going to talk about what's wrong with the church and what didn't happen or et cetera. We're just not going to do that because that's the devil's work. We're just going to give you praise. Look what the Lord has done. And the more that we testify about that, the stronger and the greater the hand of God will be in and through his church. You might be here this morning and you're realizing, hey, I've been out of bounds. I haven't let my testimony shine. I've been, man, I get out there and what I'm asking you to do is, is line things up with God again. Just get, get your heart right again. Take, let the bitterness and resentment and hurt, let all that go and let the Holy Ghost give you help as you seek his forgiveness, and we're going to do that right now. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me. Everyone help me do this right now. Would you? Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus who died for my sins. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry. You know how many mistakes I've made. You know how I've let my mouth run. And say things that were not pleasing to you or your church. Father God, I humble my heart as I seek forgiveness. I will be better. Not by my own might, but because of who you are. I am triumphant. I will be militant. And I will rule and reign in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 The beauty of that, those of you that said and prayed it online, it's different now. Just now, different. And here's what we know. He said, by my stripes, you're healed. You're healed, totally healed. But you have to claim that. You have to exercise faith. You believe it. You trust him. And if you need prayer, the best place in the world is to be right here and be anointed and prayed for. These are all good people. Not one of them are perfect. Not one of them. Not one of them. But they are willing. And so whatever you need, or maybe you need to bring just a rebellious child to the Lord, a grandchild, and say, they're just running from you. Bring them on down here in your heart. See, so God, here they are. I called their name. 
whatever it is. In other words, it's up to you. God said, I'm ready. You respond accordingly. They're going to sing this song. You have to slip out. You're certainly welcome to slip out. Get out there and, and don't forget, help the young people and let's be a part of it together and plan to be back. Or you may want to just say, I just want to sit here and soak up a little more worship. And that's good too. Or I need to come on down. You can do that. Father, I bless this congregation in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In your name I pray, amen. I love you, everybody. God bless you.